Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using the iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. The original reason I built the app, uh, the original moment I had that kind of was a light bulb moment for drafts was a case where I had opened up my iPhone and we're back in 2012, mind you, and there was much more limited integration between apps and stuff. And I had, it started an email to my wife and I got about halfway through it. I'm like, oh, I really need her to know this right now. I should send it as a text message. And that doesn't sound that complicated, but when you stop to think about what you have to do on an iPhone to get from here to there, it was really kind of a pain, pain in the butt, to be honest. Welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to share with you an interview I did with Greg Pierce of Agile Tours. They are the makers of Drafts. And we have a great discussion about Drafts 5, what the original version was like, where the idea of Drafts came from, and so much more. You know, what's in Drafts 5 and some really cool features that you may not know about and some that you know about that you can learn even more about in today's interview. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode. If you do enjoy the show, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and search for iPad Pros and leave a review. I'd really appreciate any review you can leave. It really helps others discover the show and would mean a lot. Here's my interview with Greg Pierce of Agile Tortoise. Enjoy. We're here today with Greg Pierce of Agile Tortoise. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. Uh, you're a part of the company that recently released Drafts Five, a brand new update to a, a pretty popular text based app. Can you uh, kind of just explain to those that don't know what it is? Uh, what is Drafts? Sure, Drafts. Uh, on the surface, it looks pretty much like a, a note taking app, but uh, it's got some unique features designed around making it a quick capture tool. And essentially it's designed around being the place that you put all your text in, you know, anything you want to jot down or dictate to your phone or your iPad or your Apple watch drafts wants to be the place you start that kind of a trusted capture system that makes it easy. To do that, it by design always launches with it ready to type, creates a new note and, uh, you know, keyboard visible and stuff just to save you taps and friction trying to figure out what you want to do with that text. The other end of that is that it has a very powerful action engine that kind of lets you do almost anything with that text once you jot it down. That's kind of the simple explanation of, of what drafts is about. Okay, so you brain dump whatever's in your head and you get it out to whatever uh, place it's going, whether it's like a text message or an email or, uh, you know, a rich, richer text format where you're uh, doing more editing and stuff in a, in a different app. Right. And it's text in the in the sense of anything you really want to get down, whether it's ultimately going to be a, a message to someone, an email, a social media post or a task in your task manager, or it's going to get written out to a file in Dropbox or any number of other places you might end up putting that. It, it's just kind of a quick, easy place to launch and get it down and then process it later or immediately, you know, depending. Gotcha. And this is version five. When was the first version of drafts released and how has it changed over the years first version of drafts came out in early 2012 so it's about uh, six years old as of now and the original version had the same basic concept Uh, the app launched ready to type and uh, you could jot stuff down and then do stuff with it now what 
you could do with it and the editing environment and all the sorts of different ways you could capture have changed a lot since then. It's a very mature and powerful app now. And when it first launched, it was pretty simple. You know, the 1.0 was almost a proof of concept to see if anyone else thought this idea of having the quick capture editor was really worthwhile. Uh, it, you know, kind of caught on and found a user base. And over time, I've expanded and made it more powerful and made it more useful in a lot of other ways. Yeah, I've seen a lot of interesting use cases of it that we'll get to in a little bit. So with version five, what are the big additions from version four? There's additions on kind of all ends of the spectrum. The entire editing experience has been rewritten and it's going to keep growing with time, but I've got a more powerful underpinnings for syntax highlighting for supporting different type of markup like markdown and task paper and other formats people like to use in the app. I have also rebuilt the storage facility and, and drafts, an original version was very simple. It was meant to kind of look like a uh, email client on the uh, storage side and you had an inbox at an archive and you could flag the the different notes you created in drafts but now we've got full-fledged tagging support and a concept of workspaces that sort of lets you apply save sets of filters to your drafts list that lets you use drafts more as a long-term storage and organization tool as well as just a capture tool and then on the other end of it on the action end, the the whole uh, scripting environment and automation tools have been revamped and are just more powerful across the board. There's support for scripting and integration with a lot of system services. You can uh, you know, write JavaScript to create reminders and calendar events or write to and read from files and do things, you know, integrate with web services and stuff that for the advanced user makes it a whole lot more powerful environment to customize. Gotcha. Now, the business model of drafts, has it always been a freemium? I, I believe it used to be a, a paid upfront app. Up through drafts four, uh, it was a paid upfront app. And that worked out pretty well for us for a while, but things have really changed in the App Store environment. And it was worth visiting a change for our business model for a couple of reasons. One, just because paid upfront apps are, it's just too hard to sell these days. People just don't download them and try them because they've got to pay upfront and it's too much of a burden. And we looked at different options, but after having released several versions over the years, we found increasingly the way we like to work on the app and the way we've tried to work on the app over the years is to constantly be improving it and adding to it and and not sort of drop a version and disappear for two years and do a big upgrade. And we kind of wanted to shift over to a new model where we can spend all our time on this app and constantly develop and improve it, you know, and have new releases every few months with new features and improvements and, and all. So we decided it was the right fit for drafts to move to a subscription model. And we have a free tier that's really pretty powerful. A lot of light users not only can download it and try it for a while, but there's quite a few people that the free tier will serve you know, their needs if they don't want to do a lot of customization and they just want the simple note-taking app. It's got full support for creating, editing, syncing across your devices. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of limitations there. And then there's a pro subscription tier uh, that unlocks both uh, convenience features like uh, um, themes and uh, more control over the environment and the workspaces feature that lets you, you know, organize better and also customization of actions. So for advanced users who want to create their own um, 
scripted or automation actions and chain things together and do more advanced stuff. That's part of a pro subscription level. Gotcha. Okay. Now it's a pretty open-ended app. I mean, text, you can do a lot with text. Uh, what's are some of the most unusual ways you've seen or heard people using your app for? It's been a broad range over the years. The app has always had great support for integrating with third-party apps through URL schemes, which is something I've championed um, over the years. I wrote a spec called X Callback URL that's been widely adopted in the uh, in the iOS community to allow apps to pass data back and forth. And it's also kind of the foundation of a lot of things that other automation apps like Workflow and, and stuff do. And Drafts has always had great support for that. And there's been a lot of things over the years that I'd never saw people doing. You know, the original intent for some of that integration was just to, hey, pass some text from Drafts over to another note-taking app like, say, Bear, where you want to keep long-term storage um, after the fact. But then I've seen people chain these things together and create these actions that when a single tap in drafts will integrate with five different apps and go off and create some tasks in, in your task manager and save the note off somewhere and append it to a, a log file in Dropbox. And that sort of stuff that you you know, takes a little bit of setup and time and you wouldn't think people would invest that much in it, but it's been a real benefit for uh, a lot of users. And then there's all sorts of kind of crazy off the wall uses I've seen over the years, people doing things like integrating it with home automation tools or uh, network services that uh, make drafts, not just a place for text, but a command line utility they use on their phone to kind of trigger different things and, and stuff. It's kind of fun to see people take advantage of the environment in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And how have you found yourself using drafts over the years? And has it changed by adding Apple Watch into your life and things like that? Well, it's interesting because obviously as the developer of the app, my relationship is with it is somewhat unique. And, and, and oftentimes my own installation of drafts is a little mucked up because I've got it full of different uh, test actions that or uh, things I've got gotten from users for troubleshooting or helping with and stuff. So there's there's times when my own use of it is a little bit wacky compared to average users. But the original reason I built the app, uh, the original moment I had that kind of was a light bulb moment for drafts was a case where I had opened up my iPhone and we're back in 2012, mind you, you know, iOS three or, or whatever. And there was much more limited integration between apps and stuff. And I had launched the, the messaging app and started a text message to my wife. Actually, I, well, it doesn't matter. Story works either way. I had, it started an email to my wife and I got about halfway through it. I'm like, Oh, I really need her to know this right now. I should send it as a text message. Um, and that doesn't sound that complicated, but when you stop to think about what you have to do on an iPhone to get <laughs> from here to there, it was really kind of a pain, pain in the butt. To yeah. be honest, you had to select the text. You had to copy it. You had to quit the mail app, go over to messages, open messages, address a new message or find the conversation, paste it in. And then I thought, well, you know, if I had just typed this someplace and, then could decide what to do with it. That wouldn't have been a problem, right? Right. Yeah. That was the the seed for drafts. So and that's still a lot of how I use it. I it's in my doc and the actions I use most in it are some custom messaging actions. Like I have actions set up to my wife and to my kids and to group 
my kids so that I could type into drafts and tap one tap that opens messages with it pre-addressed to a group message. I write almost all my tweets in drafts. I use it kind of as a place to not write those things that sometimes shouldn't even be tweeted, <laughs> um, but it's nice to jot down. So I use it for that sort of stuff. And then I use it for journaling. I've got a couple actions set up that append to files in Dropbox. So I, you know, I can jot down if, if I want a journal or something, I don't have to go find my monthly journal and scroll to the end of it and start typing. I just have a little action. I launch drafts. I type what I'm thinking and I hit this journaling action and it goes and finds that file on Dropbox, inserts a timestamp and the text at the end of it. And, uh, you know, all with one tap. So those are the kind of things I do with it most. Uh, and then I also use it with Fantastical, uh, which you're, your listeners are probably familiar with one of the most popular calendar apps that does great natural language parsing. I'll go into draft, got an action that takes each line of the draft and sends it to Fantastical separately. So if I have a series of events I want to get in, I can just go to one draft, type meeting 2 p.m. Friday, and on the next line, write concert Saturday at 8 p.m., and then type one action that just jumps over to Fantastical and sends each line and creates a whole bunch of events. And that's super convenient and easy to use and is a time saver, especially on the phone. Yeah. Now, for people that aren't as familiar with tagging and using that in their organizational system, how should people think about tags within drafts and how best to use those? Certainly, everybody's got a different mental model of the way they want to store you know, an archive notes and, and documents. I've always found tagging works for me. And it, in my mind, there's two choices. There's folders or there's tags, right? And folders, you have a single hierarchy. You create a folder like on the file system and you can put files in it. You can move them between folders, but a file only ever exists in one folder. And tags, an individual item can have multiple tags, which makes it super convenient to cross-reference and do different things. And I, I use tags probably only on about 30% of the stuff that goes through drafts. I've got some things that I automatically tag, like the action I have to set up to tweet. I said I use drafts mostly for Twitter, or a lot for Twitter. And I open it up, I'll write my tweet, and when I have my type my hit my tweet action it sends it to twitter but then it automatically archives that out of my inbox because i probably don't need it anymore and it also assigns a tweet tag to it that allows me to go back and easily filter my history and if i want to go back and find a, a tweet i sent out in the past or something i can just go filter my list by the tweet tag and know that it's you know going to be in there you know i also use tags in in other systems as well to keep up with business receipts and stuff like that. So it's already part of my mental model, but it allows you to do things like receipt and business or expense and business as tags. And then when you want to filter your list, you know, sometimes you want to see all your receipts or sometimes you want to see only your personal receipts or only your business receipts. And it gives you that multidimensional view of, of the stuff you've saved and archived that I find super useful. Gotcha. Yeah. The automatic uh, tagging via actions is a brilliant way to do that because some people just won't keep up with it otherwise. Right. There's a lot of people who don't do that level of organization. And I myself don't do it in my email. I'm a person who never files anything away in my email. I just have this massive inbox that every once in a while I go through and move it all to the archive. <laughs> I'm the same way. And rely on search to find stuff. And 
tags let you capture those important bits and make sure you can pull those out if you need to. That's mostly what I use it for is just those special cases where I, I, I want a little extra bit. And I also use it, the, the workspaces feature in, in drafts is, I mean, it is new with the version and new version. And I've sort of also been teaching myself how I want to use it in my own workflow, but it, it lets you create save searches of tags and stuff. And I've been using it for the documentation I've been generating for drafts. I generally write it in Markdown in drafts. I tag that documentation and then I have a workspace set up that shows me only the documentation and it filters the inbox and the archive by those tags. So you do have kind of a project space and the documentation I'm still working on, but haven't published to my site is in the inbox of the documentation workspace. When I finish it and publish it to the website, I move it to the archive, but it's, I can still go dig it up if I want to edit or modify it. And it, it just kind of gives you different ways to look at stuff you're working on. Yeah. Now is draft size compatible with spotlight? Are you able to use the system wide search to pull up some drafts? It is. Okay. it, it is. It indexes all the content. With workspaces, are there any limitations as to how many you can have? Could you have like a hundred different workspaces? I don't know why you need that many, but uh, there's no technical limitation. I wouldn't say that there's not a point that the user interface might start to get a little clunky if you had too many of them, and just scrolling through and finding them and stuff would get a little inconvenient. But that's there's no technical limitation on the number of them you have. Right. Yep. And then any tips on using those effectively? They're a little bit different conceptually, and I'm still working on some screencasts and documentation that better explain how workspaces work, but they're not a folder. They're sort of almost conceptually like a macro. So you you have a list of all your drafts, right? And it's divided into an inbox and an archive and a trash can. And and by default, it shows you everything. Mm -hmm. And then you can filter that list by there's a drawer you can slide out you can select tags and you can omit tags and such and you can also have sort options on each of those folders so your inbox could be sorted by name you know the title of the draft or it could be sorted by modification date ascending or descending or you know several other options right now workspaces let you save a configuration of that list and apply it to the list so it's like a macro essentially to configure the the set of filters you have selected. And that's super convenient because you can also modify that. So like my documentation workspace, I load it and it just loads everything with the documentation tag. But I can then slide over the tag filter and add another tag to that to filter it further. So say I only want to see the documentation that I've tagged related to the editor or something. And that doesn't change my workspace. My workspace can be reloaded and reapplied, um, but I can further make alterations and changes. So it's a good starting point sometimes. Like I also have a workspace for untagged drafts, which specifically says, show me the stuff I have not tagged or filed away in any way, shape or form. And every time I load one of those, I can have different sort settings too. So like the documentation stuff I might want sorted by name, but my normal inbox, I want sorted by, uh, you know, my untagged, I want to see the ones that were newest at the top. Um, so you can have some control over the different views you get. Gotcha. So you're able to drag and drop, like I can drag from the inbox to flagged or archive or, or trash. Are you able to drag to a workspace to apply whatever tags that workspace has or 
What's no, that that's not possible at okay. this time. And it's kind of a workspace hat can have a search query filter mm-hmm. as yep. well as tags and things like that. So it's not a clear cut what would be applied exactly. Right. Okay. There is a, a create new draft button in the list itself. And if you have any tag filters or workspaces applied and you want to create a new draft with those tags already assigned to it, if you use the plus button for a new draft in the list instead of the one in the editor, then it automatically assigns those tags to the newly created draft, which is a kind of nice convenience feature. Okay. How else can you use drag and drop? I just uh, tested. You can evidently drag a draft right into Spark's uh, compose a new email thing. It'll populate all that there. Uh, how else does drag and drop work within Drafts 5? We tried to support drag and drop everywhere it makes sense. So, you know, if you're on an iPad, you're in split view, you can drag text from anywhere in the system into drafts. You can drag it into the draft list directly. You can drag it into a draft you're editing to insert the text. You can take drafts from the draft list and or text from anywhere else in another app and drag it directly on an action in the action list. You're processing stuff in your inbox. Let's say you have three drafts there that you want to save out to Dropbox, right? You can pick all three of those up from the draft list and then scoot over and open your action list and drop them on your save to Dropbox action, and it'll process all three of those. Those sort of convenience features that drag and drop supports. And mostly, you know, rearranging and ordering things, managing your action list. And then there's a an editing feature that's kind of unique to drafts called the arrange mode, which is a drag and drop interface to organize text. Which I found the other day. This is a brilliant thing that I'm uh, I'm. I'm very impressed by this. You have this long list of text, each block of text, you know, paragraph, you can just drag that around. It's never been easier to move text around. Right. I mean, if you think about what you have to do on iOS, some things are pretty convenient with a keyboard and mouse on a Mac or whatever with text, but some of those things are kind of clunky on iOS and it just gives you an easy way to do drag and drop to reorganize lines or paragraphs in your text without having to individually do the text selections and copy or cut and go and find the right insertion point and paste that that's all kind of clunky there's just a lot of features like that in drafts that we try to make it convenient because not only is it good for capturing text but it's also a good just plain good text editor and it's always good to have a good text editor around and i use drafts all the time for little one-off things like if you have to type something up to go into a form on a website or if i'm going to write an email or whatever i just do it in drafts even if i end up doing nothing else other than copying that text out to somewhere else. It's a editing environment that's set up the way I like it with fonts I like and font sizes I can read and preferences that you don't get in every other app. And uh, yeah, so I use it for that kind of stuff as well. Was focus mode a popular request to people uh, complain that uh, the, the whole point of the app is to be brought to uh, a place where you can dump text and it, 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 they might not want that. Right. So, the way the, the creation of new drafts has always worked in drafts is that there's a timer in, in the app, and it's configurable in settings, and it has been in previous versions too. And you can say, well, I want a new draft when I open the app, and I have not been in the app for 30 seconds or 5 minutes or 15 minutes. Because uh, you don't always want, just because you flipped out of drafts to another app and came back, you don't always want a new draft. And in a lot of cases, the timer was there as a buffer to say, 
you know, like I always had mine set to five minutes because you kind of had the case where you might flip over to Safari to look something up and copy a URL and paste it. And you want to go back to the same note you were working on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was always a way to completely disable that timer in previous versions of drafts. And there are quite a few people who used it that way. And if you disabled the timer, just when you, whenever you relaunched draft, it went back to the last note you were on. And depending on what your workflow is and how often you're creating new notes or editing old ones, that made sense for some people. And we tried to make that more accessible with focus mode. And so focus mode is just a quick way to toggle. Well, it does two things, but one of them is uh, disable that timer. So if let's say you're working on a research project for school and you're grabbing a bunch of notes from different websites and you just want to drop them all in the same note and drafts, you can put on focus mode. And then every time you come back to it, even if it's been an hour it's going to bring you back to that same note ready to manipulate so the other thing focus mode does is when actions are configured i mentioned before like i have a twitter action that's configured to automatically archive a draft after i i run that act i run that action and actions can archive or trash draft um and that's you know configuration option and normally when that happens when an action archives a draft it gives you a new draft ready to type if you're in focus mode, it loads the last or next draft on your currently loaded uh, workspace or inbox. And that's super convenient for processing. There's a lot of people who capture stuff in drafts all day and then at the end of the day sit down and just go through their inbox and you know say, okay, this is a calendar event and this I want to send to my task manager and this I just want to archive, whatever. Or, or they assign tags and things like that. By enabling focus mode, it just makes it quick to go one by one through through an inbox and process each of those drafts and just have the next one loaded ready for processing. Both of those combined make it a great tool. And it is really a mode. It's not the way you're always going to operate in drafts, but it's something you can toggle on for those times when you want it to behave differently. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, something your app continues to do really well is dictation. Uh, when you enter this mode, it doesn't shut off when you're thinking for a couple seconds to think what you want to say next. Uh, it'll just keep listening until you're ready for it to stop. Was this um, hard to get around their limitations? Uh, you know, the built-in keyboard is, is pretty uh, uh, short-lived with uh, duration of, of input. We're using Siri dictation. We're using Apple services. We don't have any other dictation engine or custom uh, engine. But uh, the way that interfaces work for that, the when you push the microphone button on the keyboard, that's the iOS system dictation, and it's got its own control on it. And they do have a timeout. They only let you dictate. It's somewhere between 30 and 45 seconds. They don't publish a number, but that seems to be about what it is. And then it just kind of cuts out. And I think from Apple's point of view, that's kind of a safety valve to keep people from, you know, overusing their services or whatever. But what we did is take the custom speech uh, APIs that Apple provides, and we kind of just tricked it out. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's a hack. It's something, you know, you can do with the APIs. But when you, in your program, trigger one of those dictation sessions and you listen and listen, when the system times out, they give you a callback that says, okay, we're done. That's as long as you can dictate. And what we're doing in drafts is just listening for that and automatically starting a new session when the system tells us to stop. That occasionally creates a little bit of a glitch just because of the timing. But in most cases, it's really kind of fast and the turnover is quick. And, you know, it lets you do things like just, you know, if you've got a long thing to dictate and you're on the 
drive home on your commute, you can just start dictation and drafts and keep on talking to it. And you might have a little bit of cleanup to do at the end, like you always do with dictation, but uh, it, it's a great convenience feature. Yeah. It's something that, you know, people may not have thought the price proposition of like nuance was worth it, but, you know, included with drafts, this is a great way to do dictation. Something I was hoping to figure out is I've seen on different screenshots and videos uh, that cut that toolbar below your text being customizable. How is this done? I believe dictation can be added as a just a button you hit um, to do that. Sure. Um, in drafts five, the the keyboard row that appears uh, above your keyboard is just it displays action groups. So it's configured the same way actions and groups are configured. You can just in the configuration of a group, you can choose whether to make it available as a keyboard. And there's a button all the way to the left of the keyboard that lets you select which keyboard is currently loaded. The basic keyboard that comes as the default has dictation keys in it for both inserting at your current cursor point or for creating a new draft with dictation. But you can reconfigure that, manipulate that, change the order of the keys available. And the easiest way to do that is to just open up the action list and load one of those action groups that you want to use as a keyboard and you know delete and add stuff there. And then something I was noticing is the workflow app has drafts for built in. Uh, for people that want to use workflow you mentioned uh, callback URLs, and what are the ways you can continue to use Workflow with Drafts 5? The actions that Workflow has for Drafts 4 are all just wrappers for URL scheme commands. They're kind of convenience things. You can do all the same things with Drafts 5 by setting up X callback URL actions in Workflow. That is not as easy to set up. I mean, they created those convenience actions for some apps because it, it takes away a lot of the uh, configuration bits, but everything is possible. And we, we've been in touch with the workflow team and they don't say anything now that they work for Apple, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll have an update sometime soon. Their update just don't come out quite as often since they were acquired, uh, but I'm pretty sure they'll come out with some new updated drafts five integration soon. Um, but in the meantime, I mean, drafts, more commonly is used with workflow where drafts is a starting point and that all works fine. We have a run workflow action step in drafts where you just give it the name of a workflow and it passes the text of your draft off to workflow to do whatever. And that all works fine and is all set up to go. It's the things in workflow that call back to drafts that they need to update. Gotcha. And in the meantime, if there's things you want to do with drafts, I, I just recommend people get on the community website. We have a great community forum with a lot of helpful people helping with actions. And I'm sure we'll get in there and help uh, get you sorted out for the URLs you need uh, yeah, actions actions.getdrafts.com is the directory there. Uh, yeah, that's the directory of actions. And then there's also forums.getdrafts. That's our community forum where you can make you know specific uh, questions and uh, answers. Yeah. Now, with Drafts 5, you mentioned there are more advanced actions available now. What are some of your new favorite additions with this this new ability most of the common ones uh what drafts 4 was not able to do that drafts 5 can is directly integrate with web services and make web requests which basically kicks open the door for anyone uh geeky enough to know how to use 
TTP, you know, web APIs to do things uh, with drafts. And I've seen a lot of cool, fun things, stuff like reference type things where you can select a word and type this or tap this action and it goes out and loads the Wikipedia article for it and inserts it into the draft to let you, you know, whatever, read it or cut and copy bits out of it. There's quite a few people who use it in uh, um, Bible study and things like that. And they set up actions where they can just uh, type the like, you know, chapter verse book and uh, have an action that goes out and loads that from one of the online Bible APIs, things like that, that are just kind of cool integrations people are coming up with. And the other stuff at the high end of the custom automation, some people have written really amazing actions that are almost like custom text parsers for drafts that uh, go through and let you type up a whole project in drafts, mark tasks, put due dates and stuff, and then tap one button and have it turned into a complete set of tasks in a project in OmniFocus or in things uh, or other task managers. And it's pretty cool to see, you know, that sort of stuff in action where people have taken the time to write these hundreds of lines of script in, in draft to make it convenient. And a lot of those, you know, they're once people have built those, they've shared them and they're reusable and, and everybody in the community benefits. So it's super fun to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Have you considered adding I know I've seen with like OmniGraffle having the the stencil town or whatever they call it built into the app. Have you considered adding like a, a built in way of discovery for some of these uh user built tools? Uh right now I think I'm happy with the website, you know, the action directory that the app has tools built into it for people to share the actions they've created. That's been there uh, in previous versions, but the new version lets people update versions they've shared too. So if they write one of the scripts and then they make some changes or bug fixes to it, they can update the listing. Um, so it makes it easy to maintain that stuff. Oh, good. So you won't have uh, a directory filled with... Uh... Yeah, broken old versions and stuff, the people who are doing that cool stuff. And it won't, you know, it won't break their link if they do a blog post explaining the action they shared. If they need to update it, their their old links aren't broken because they had to repost it or whatever. So that makes that that resource a whole lot more useful. And the community site, a lot of people are posting, you know, sharing the actions they've created with more detail and uh, helping each other out with uh, little tweaks to them and stuff. Gotcha. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Fair. It's an audio editor for iOS. Mm-hmm. They, um, they're one of the few apps that do custom keyboard shortcuts. Is this something you've looked into doing, or has there been much demand for for that? Uh, Drafts has had custom keyboard shortcuts. Uh, Drafts 4 had them, and they're in Drafts 5 as well. And we have pretty extensive external keyboard support to begin with, just for navigating the app and such. But uh, any action you define in Drafts, can have a custom keyboard shortcut assigned to it. Oh, wow. That's, that's so awesome. <laughs> you can, you know, set up your own. People have created ones to do simple stuff like there's actions that just manipulate text, like the app ships with uh, some actions to do like markdown bold and italics and headers. And those are bound to shortcut keys. So you can do command B and get, you know, markdown bold applied to your text selection, um, things like that. Those are super convenient, and people have been doing other ones. Like uh, a lot of people have been 
binding uh, their workspaces so that they actually can hit command two or command three or command four to toggle between a series of workspaces and have them loaded, things like that. Or if there's any actions you just you use a lot, like you're always messaging or always emailing, you can tie those to a shortcut key. That's really handy. That That's, that's, that's awesome. There's something I noticed as well is there's an ability to just import your calendar, which I find really Really interesting. Do you use that yourself or how do you find people using that? I wrote that up as a demo. The ability to create calendar events was there in the initial release of Draft 5. And in this last release, we added the ability to read from calendars. So you can load your list of calendars in a script and you can then loop over events from a date range. And I think it's a handy tool for people who need to be able to, you know, who set stuff up in a calendar and need to be able to pull that data out just to put it in a markdown file or something to share. I wrote that as an example. I haven't really seen how people are using it yet. You could use drafts. If you know some JavaScript, you could use drafts to manipulate a series of events too. So say you uh, have a project you laid out in a calendar and you want to go through and shift everything a few days into the future or something like that. You could write a script that would go through and read those calendar events and update them to new values and save them back. Utility kind of tools like that are completely viable in drafts if you know a little JavaScript. Yeah. And then uh, Siri was added with this version. Anything you want to share about how that works? It's Siri. (laughs) (laughs) It only kind of works. I mean, I don't use it a lot because I have trouble getting Siri to recognize what I want. And some people have a lot of great. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I hope that gets better at some point. It's convenient. I've used it a few times and it'll work with Siri anywhere. So if like you have a HomePod or something from across the room, you can say, hey, Dingus, uh, create a note using drafts and then insert your text and it'll be you know, put into put into drafts for you. And it's helpful with the watch sometimes too. Yeah, the watch. Your phone needs to be nearby. It doesn't work over cellular. That's a limitation, I believe, with Siri Kit. Is that right? Uh, yes, that okay. is true. Yep. But yeah, very, very helpful. Drafts for the watch, I find it a whole lot more convenient. The watch app for drafts has a complication and I put that on my watch face and, and there's a setting also to make it automatically capture. So if you put the drafts, complication on your watch face it's easier to just tap that complication it launches straight to dictation and you save a note to drafts and that's usually easier than taking a chance on whether a series going to recognize your commands to her and the... and faster to get into <laughs> yeah any favorite features that uh, sometimes get overlooked by users that we haven't talked about today uh, not necessarily i mean it's a deep an advanced app and everybody finds different uses for it. You know, it's free to download, check it out if you haven't play with it. And sometimes it'll take a month before you really start to realize some of the things that are useful for you in it. And uh, most people, if you browse the directory, if you look at some of the other apps you use most and see what kind of ways drafts can integrate with those, it's a great way to get started with it. I think most people end up with maybe a dozen things they do with it on a regular basis, even if they're heavy users. It's just a matter of finding what those things are that fit into your flow. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an app I use every day at work. It's incredibly valuable for, for what I do. And thank you for, for creating such a great app for everybody. Okay, I'm glad you enjoy it. Where can people find more information about Drafts? Uh, getdrafts.com is the main uh, entry point. 
and we have a you know variety of screencasts and documentation and stuff to get you started there. And you can always find me online. The app has a Twitter account at, at Drafts App, and and I'm at Agile Tortoise. Well, thank you so much, Greg, for your time. It's been great uh, chatting with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Greg for his time and sharing with us about Drafts 5. Once again, go to getdrafts.com to learn more. As I mentioned at the top of the show, please take just a minute to head on over to Apple Podcasts to review the show. It would mean a lot. It's a link to in the chapters of uh, the opening and closing here. If you just click on that, it'll pull you into Apple Podcasts to leave a review. And thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back in a couple weeks for another episode of iPad Pros. Thanks for listening.